When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a serious message to everybody watching my update right now. Peace and love. Peace and love. I want to tell you, please, after the 20th of October, do not send fan mail to any address that you have. Nothing will be signed after the 20th of October. And if that has a date on the envelope, it's going to be tossed. I'm warning you with peace and love. Peace and love. I have too much to do. So no more fan mail. Thank you. Thank you. No objects to be signed, nothing. Anyway, peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Welcome to Marvel Movie Talk. As always, I am Christian Blatt. So excited that today was October the 20th that uh, when you have your own show, you can be like, oh, yeah, everybody's just going to have to humor me. As always, I am Christian Blatt. Also not signing autographs after today myself. <laughs> Michael Shirley, today's the last day you're signing autographs. That's my understanding. Yeah, uh, so we appreciate you being here, and of course, Mr. Minutes to his Miss Minutes, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what I have here. Uh, our pal Eric Connor, uh, have you ever been asked to sign an autograph, Eric? I, I've, I've asked to be signed things that I were handed right. to me by a police officer. Does that count? <laughs> Basically, the same thing, uh, David Brody. I don't want you to ever stop signing autographs, but uh, we appreciate you being back here with us. I signed a breast once after an event. Thank and you. thank you again for doing that for me, David. Uh, it was my it was my pleasure. I don't judge. And uh, if 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 you see Nate Miller, just ask for a selfie. Don't ask him to sign anything. What, what's the point? You know, I mean, my it's probably have the only autographs from me. The only autographs from you. Uh, your audio is a little low. I will I will mention. Uh, Nate. So, uh, but we appreciate everybody being here. We appreciate everyone in the live chat and uh, we appreciate everyone who humored my antics at the end. Uh, now there's of course, you know, something to uh, keep in mind. That's very important that uh, radish diff in the chat wants to make sure that uh, we have an, we have, we get done in an hour so that he can uh, catch up on point double point which is part of a whole other universe that uh, I also dabble in, but uh, we're good for now. So uh, we will do our best to accommodate the radish diff in the chat. So I want to talk about this episode, of course, and uh, we'll reset sort of our, our game that Mr. Brody came up with for last week. But I have to initially uh, give credit to my pal, Count Eric Connor, who prior to today's show, um, about a little bit less than an hour ago, 
Uh, he rolled by uh, my palatial estates and uh, he came bearing gifts. Now, what inspired you to be so generous, uh, Mr. Connor? Well, I, on previous episodes, I did say a certain item was going to become my white whale. Yeah. Uh, to, to my, of course, Ahab and uh, Ishmael. Yeah, it's been a while since I've read Moby Dick. Regardless, that was, of course, the Loki sauce. And the amazing oh thing God. of eBay is you can find all the Loki sauce you need. <laughs> and uh, and I'm not a selfish man. Uh, Nate, no. I'm, I'm happy to give you some. Uh, Mr. Brody, I think you're on the other coast. Yeah, but there besides, is a thing called I know mail. it's from, it's from 1983, so I'm not, I'm not going near it. Well, oh, that's true. No, <laughs> it's, it's been sitting at the McDonald's that Sylvie works in. You're 100% right. It, it's from a Loki that was going to be on the Incredible Hulk TV show that they opted not to use, so all the tie-ins oh. got put in this deep storage. Uh, but I'm very excited, and Christian also, and I, because this was an episode without McDonald's, what better timing to then do Loki yeah, sauce I, challenge? Well, I mean, you had seen the episode, so you knew McDonald's wasn't in it. I'd already ordered I it, though. I love, I, oh, no, no, not for the Loki sauce. I mean, you, you did more than just provide uh, Loki sauce, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I appreciate the uh, commitment to the bit. I appreciate you basically <laughs> acting as DoorDash for uh, this morning prior to the show. I mean, there are, you know what I have? I have no notes. I have no complaints, no anything. Uh, at, at no time are you going to hear me say anything uh, negative. And in fact, I do even have the proof that this was less than an hour ago that uh, Eric and I were in the same place. And uh, you can see some of the things that uh, Eric provided me with. And uh, we're going to try a little test and see how we do with, yes, Loki sauce while we are on the air. And um, it's been a minute since I've had chicken McNuggets, but uh, a miss minute. Try. Yeah. Been a miss minute, thank you. And uh, I was just like, oh, "Okay, great. This is an apple pie. What is this actually, Eric? That is actually a pumpkin and cream pie. So uh, most wonderful. Yeah, it pie should of have the been year. key lime pie. Well, that you know, if only yeah. they had that. Uh, uh, and I, I, as much as I love key lime pie, a McDonald's key lime pie no. might be my last day on this planet. Do you, okay, but you're do eating you think... something called Loki's sauce. That doesn't, yes, he's eating Loki's sauce after giving me a cream pie. I feel like this is a very suggestive conversation that maybe the You're audience wasn't Michael. expecting. Cut it out, everyone. Yeah, that's true. Michael has very sensitive ears. In any case, uh, so I'll let everybody know. Now, Eric, have you tried the Loki sauce? Because I No, I haven't. I, I thought okay. we would do it together. We would do it together. So Let's weird. actually start talking about the show. We'll talk about the show. Michael, enjoy it. Enjoy every now, moment um, Mr. Brody, as uh, our distinguished guest and the one who came up with a, a great bit for all of us uh, for this week, do you want to remind our audience uh, what we're what we're trying to learn about our pal Michael Shirley this week? Yes, well, Michael is uh, not a fan of the Loki series, Fair. and we came to yeah. an agreement last week that he liked the he liked that it ended. Yep, and he was able to find one thing he liked, which I, I don't recall what it was. Mike, do you remember what the one thing it was you, you like? Do you remember what it was last week, Michael, or did you put that out of your brain? It was nothing, I thought. No, I think so it was the key was lime pie, was, wasn't it? I don't I know. I believe it was the pie. Yeah. It was something innocuous that wasn't plot yeah. related. And Even so if it wasn't be... the pie, it was something on that level. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought it would be fun to try to figure out, and we, we challenged Michael to come up with one thing he liked for yeah. us to guess 
what the one thing was he would like from the episode and see if any of us came close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, we're playing, what would, what did Mikey like? And uh, I, I, I hope, is the, let's just find out first before we actually play the game. Michael, is the answer nothing or did you find something? You're like, okay, yeah, yeah. there is one thing. Because if the answer is nothing, it takes a little of the fun out of it. There was a moment I okay. kind of was like, <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, um, he hung, he hung. Okay. Yeah. Wait, did so, you have a recording of that moment, Michael? <laughs> no. I want, I want no, to... no reaction video? Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I love when people film <laughs> reaction videos. Michael's would be, what is it, like 52 minutes of him watching this and just like at some point he goes, huh. And the rest of it is just him staring <laughs> straight ahead with his eyes glazed over. Maybe we should rename the game. What did Michael? Huh. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm, look, I, I think yeah. that bit might have been done, but that's all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to guess first we'll, we'll go around and then we'll dive into the proper, uh, recap after we play our fun game. Uh, I want to say it's when, uh, and, and we'll all guess and we'll let Michael decide if any of us were right. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, realizing Eric that we really need a, a talking potato to help us with this game, but uh, we'll do it ourselves. Uh, I would say it would be when, uh, Renslayer got, uh, pushed into the rowboat and uh, sent packing because Michael wished that was him. What do you say, uh, Eric Connor? There was a hair flip and it made me think of Michael, but I don't think the hair flip would make Michael go. Hmm. No, 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 or, no, no. Hmm. no. Hates or, hmm. Yeah. I think when um, now's your time, Miss Minutes. Okay. And she got all big and, yep. and even donned the sort of Pac-Man esque, uh, train, we'll call it for the ghost. I thought that might have done something for Michael. Okay. All right. I think that that's a that's a that, that is a fun moment. I, I don't know that it it spoke to uh, Mr. Shirley, uh, but uh, but David, what is what do you think it might be? Well, initially, I thought it might be the weather vane, which was the first thing we see in the episode, so he could get it out of the way. Like, ah, oh, the weather vane's fine and be done. It's actually, it's actually really smart. <laughs> Keep, keep that in mind for right. future episodes, Michael. Then, then I thought when Miss Minutes became a snappy bitch and became the mannequin, I thought he okay. would like her, like okay. her, her, you know, her oomph, right? Her snappy oomph. bitch. So snappy we've got bitch. we've got two minute, two instances of uh, but Miss I, Minutes. But, but I settled. Oh, okay. I settled. settled I settled on Michael would like the part where Loki said the popcorn tasted like ass. Yeah, that's a great point. Oh. Yeah, it's. So that's and, going and, by, and by the way, Loki would know. Loki would absolutely know what asked. And, and you guys are going to know shortly as you eat Loki's sauce. So I can't. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I should really look at how they made this. Now that no, they're making no, it. No, no, no. Let the mystery uh, be, friend. Nate, are you able to distill any of the happenings from Loki episode three and figure, okay, this must be what Michael enjoyed? Um. I think I, I was I was gonna go with the Miss Minutes getting all horned up over yeah. uh, Victor Timely. I figured that yeah, would probably was. be that was just such a stark left turn that I was uh-huh. like, this has to at least even Michael has to be caught off guard and go what? <laughs> yeah, that was sick. She's a sick bitch. Oh, yeah. oh, oh! Don't give anything away yet. Okay. All right. So we uh, we have uh, our votes. Uh, we uh, cast a public ballot. Uh, and uh, <laughs> this is easier to do than uh, nominate a speaker of the house. So, Michael <laughs> Shirley, yeah. what was the moment that made you go? Eh. Nate was kind of close. 
Exactly. Uh, that made me go, ugh. That was like what I like hated the most, which is That's kind not the of game. close to what That's I like. Sure, that most. is not the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part was when she told Miss Minutes to blend in. And so she grayscales like, herself. What? Damn it. That was actually a great idea. And I, and I laughed out loud at that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think the Loki in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what do you got any... there on your phone? Can, oh, you can you read that at all? Uh, not really. No, no, no. no. The, you, the light's look, messing everything top, up, the, Brody. The top line says, "When Miss Minutes turned to black and white," and uh, I didn't go with it. You didn't Damn go it. with it. Oh, you were this close. I was um, close, but he likes. Well, you something. know how you know how it works. The potato wins again. Uh, so, Michael, <laughs> you're able to feel as though that that was one of those moments, and we have Miss Minutes. She is she is getting all horned up. I, I agree with that assessment. I mean, uh, she's really, you know, we didn't see her in this series and this season. I mean, we're finally getting her. And uh, man, she's back with a vengeance. Uh, are you able to appreciate Miss Minutes in this episode? Uh, we're going to start with Miss Minutes, Michael, and then uh, everybody else can weigh in. Uh, I hate her. Like, oh. hate her, hate her. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really annoying. Uh, I kind of like felt that like slow romance, the slow burn of yeah. it, and but I never, ever, ever thought it was gonna go that far. No, I mean she's a talking cartoon clock, and uh, I mean you know definitely she's she's definitely like TVA blocking Renslayer. They had like a thing going, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, clock, she's, clock blocking, she's, you might say. <laughs> Thank you. She's definitely clock blocking. Thank you. That's why David Brody's here. That's why we have a, we brought a professional in. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, all right. I, I found this to be an interesting turn for the character of Miss Minutes, who, you know, remember when the first season started, except for Michael, we were supposed to like her and people were kind of fascinated by her. Her accent. And, it's She reminds me of Tally. Like, I just can't. Hey, you want to go get character. it? You want to go get high? Yeah. Tally, you're the worst character ever. I know. Yeah, I love Tally. And don't and don't think I'm not going to bring up a, a, an image of Tally while uh, I let... Eric, uh, have you wiped the Loki out of your mouth? Or uh, should I go on to uh, Brody? I, I don't know if I ever could. Oh, <laughs> I think it's okay. uh, the half-life of a Loki sauce is a good 27 years, so... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm not going to eat all these, and uh, yeah, we, we'll we'll open it in you know Loki. Uh, Are these from 10. season one? No, 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 so. no, no, no. I don't think. These I don't know. I you know what? That's a great question. <laughs> is this is this from Loki's first Marvel appearance in 1963? <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> these are uh, what did you I think? Probably should have asked. Yeah, you did. Yeah, no, you definitely should have asked. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's talk about Miss Minutes. We'll sort of go through some of the uh, the more interesting character stuff that happened in this episode. I found this episode to be good. I thought it had a lot of stuff that happened in it. Uh, go ahead, Mister Connor. I I was it, weirdly enough, I was not necessarily bothered by Minutes all of a sudden getting a little flirty because you know we've had this before, like AI falling in love with someone, robots falling in love, like I. It, there is a weird sort of uh, history of this within sci-fi. It's just, of course, because Miss Minutes looks like this. That's a little strange. Although I did like when she went from black and white back to color in a flirtatious way. I'm like, that is truly weird. And and I think this is the thing about the show that I just enjoy week in, week out, is it's not afraid to just go really weird uh, in a way that I, I don't know if 
I, I can't really think of a comic book moment that would have been like Miss Minutes flirting. But that's what I enjoyed so much about it, too, was like, well, that's a strange choice, but I'm kind of with it. I, I, I don't think they're going to get much mileage out of it. At least I hope they don't, because I I think it was like a throwaway beat. But I, I'm a little concerned that maybe this does become almost like Miss Minutes weirded, you know, obsession with Kang that turns into all sorts of chaos. But I, I think as long as they don't go too far with it, I, I didn't bump on the moment and I thought it was just so unexpected so yeah. much of a case of writers being not only like 20 steps ahead of us but 20 steps ahead and to the left and to the right and all over the place which is probably the strength and then maybe when we get into it the weakness of uh of the storytelling too yeah i i, I definitely find it to be weird and if it is like a blip in in the storytelling uh, i think that might make it more fun and then we move on in episode four <laughs> do we never speak of it again uh your thoughts uh mr brody well i mean her being horny i'm not attracted to her you know but she does have a nice face so. <laughs> that's true and yes she's yeah, no talent body, uh, to, to body's not much up. to talk about no uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what I, I thought the problem with that scene is that you're blaming Kang, who isn't Kang yet, for the yeah. mistakes he hasn't made yet. And I thought if, if she's an entity as smart as she claims to be, I would have done it. I mean, I know they did it for the plot and for us, the viewer. But in reality, what she should have done was said, I'm so sad you died right before you were going to give me a body because yeah. <laughs> we, you, want, we, you, you wanted to be lovers but I couldn't. And, you know, you died right before you had found a way to make me a body. This way he spends the rest of his life trying to get her a body. It's like, oh, like substitute teacher. You tell the substitute teacher, oh, yeah, we weren't getting homework today. This was a play day. Oh, it was? Okay, go play. And instead, <laughs> she blames him for something he's not responsible for. Yeah. And, and and it was it was just, it was weird in the context of it didn't make sense, although it made sense for the, I guess, for the plot turn that, you know, but that otherwise I thought it didn't make sense. Yeah. I definitely want to uh, talk about Victor timely sort of, uh, you know, it, it poses some very interesting questions about Kang, he who remains and uh, the, the whole legion of them. Uh, but uh, let's uh, stay on uh, miss minutes uh, for a minute. And uh, Nate, how do you, how do you feel we've uh, dealt with miss minutes throughout the course of season one and now you know, there's definitely at some point, I guess there was a bit of the uh, the proverbial heel turn for Miss Minutes uh, last season and uh, now getting to see her. I mean, she's she's just uh, she just wants to be her. You know, <laughs> she, she, she's got all kinds of ideas. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really interesting premise uh, for a character. Uh, this idea that Kang, this being that kind of exists outside of time and has always uh, especially in the comics, there's always been kind of relation to loneliness with him. And so to me, it makes a lot of sense for him to create this AI for him to play chess with and, you know, conversate with. And over the course of, you know, who knows how many years in the time it takes Kang to enact all of his plans, she develops into like a sentient being, essentially. Um, and I think especially knowing, at least given what she said, knowing that she really only had a connection with him and developed a connection with him. It kind of makes sense that like she would be infatuated with him. Um, especially when you add the, like uh, the separation of her not having a physical body and him having right. one and, you know, 
I thought that was really interesting. I I was kind I did kind of get whiplash with the episode like starting with Miss Minutes and Ravona like working together and then in the middle they like have a tiff over Kang and then now at the end they're back like together again. Like it was just kind of like whoa. Um but I do I don't know. I really I thought it was like I I really like how they're um getting into Kang and and developing the different variants and, and showing how they're they're different but also how like kang in the future has had influence on the past which then influences the future and it gets in all the circle circular timey right. stuff um but i think especially with it just makes a lot of sense when you look at miss minutes and she's a clock she's like literally a personified clock who is like running the tva who is basically in control of time and like she's his partner so she's time time is his partner like there's a lot of metaphors and images that really come together really well um so i'm kind of curious to see how they they wrap it up i did not expect um you know her to kind of like try to get vona on her side i guess in the end uh i'm curious what the she's going to reveal to her but yeah yeah i i'm glad that she's more than just uh a mimi little like oh look at the cute little thing in the show and she talks and she little glows and she does stuff but it's kind of mysterious and now there's much more she's there's like a whole character there's a whole arc for her of like yeah wanting to become real and like to be cared about in the way that she cares about this other person yeah it, you know deep down inside every inanimate object really is pinocchio it all it all wants to be a real boy you know and, and i think it is interesting to think about the you know, I, I reference the fact that when she was introduced to us you kind of thought that it's almost like she was like an introduction video or like you know a virtual kiosk of like you know let me help you find where you need to go your first day here at the tva but uh there's there's so much more to her uh let's talk about uh victor time uh, victor timely uh, who? So this is the episode where we get to see the uh, end credit stuff that we got in Quantumania. So it was scenes from this episode. So we knew it was coming. We knew that they would end up in uh, you know this sort of part of the time frame. My first question for everyone: uh, It is the uh, first time we've uh, seen Jonathan Majors since Quantumania, and uh, there obviously have uh, been some headlines and allegations about the actor and uh we touch on that because uh you know uh marvel slash disney uh sometimes have uh made reactions to uh, things that are out there in the public uh he's still there and uh i think he's a tremendous actor you can't take away from that uh you know obviously some very serious allegations about him does anyone when they saw him again did anyone think about it because uh, I, I admit that I thought about it later. I didn't think about it right the first time he was on the screen. And then I was like, oh, yeah, wasn't there like a little bit of like, a, a you know, some talk about is this guy going to get canceled? What's going on with him? Uh, but here he was in the show. And I'm not going to go around. And does any, anybody speak up if you thought about like, oh, yeah, there's weird stuff in the news about this guy? Did anybody? Me too. <clears throat> yeah, it's a definitely. Right. Exactly. Definitely that. Um, but uh I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I was just like, oh, yeah, I, I, I figure that Disney is is just at least for now, they're they're going uh, full steam ahead uh, with having him. And I thought he was great. You know, I thought that seeing this version of Victor Timely, you know, sort of it's it's weird because it's you know, he's just very timid. He almost has a stutter. And, uh, you know, it's. 
obviously this is before any of it. That's why they're at this moment in time. You know, we see the, you know, the, the TVA handbook get tossed in his window as a kid. So there's already, you know, something going on. Uh, but from the, when we saw the end credits in Quantumania, uh, I also wasn't sure like, okay, is this a, a variant of this character where he's putting on a show back in the 1900s, but he's actually fully aware of being Kang and like what's to come. And maybe, you know, he's just, you know, visiting an earlier time, but I think we're really getting him at the beginning of his timeline. I think that they went out of their way to show us that. Obviously, there could be a reveal otherwise. Um, do you? Uh, and so, I want to ask everybody. We'll talk about Victor Timely in general, but that's the starting point. Uh, do you think, Michael, this really is him before he's done any Kangen, before he's done any Immortising, before he's done any Ramatutting, before he's done any of that stuff, Michael? No, I think it's just a variant of him. Yeah. I'm really hoping to see like Monique come in and be his like female variant. I, I would have no I would have no complaints about that, you know. <laughs> like Sylvie. <laughs> we get like Monique instead. I'd love to see Monique in the show. Uh yeah. Um so I, I you know, I was not expecting that shout out, but uh I appreciate <laughs> it. Weirdly I was. Yeah, 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 that's actually on your bingo card. So the first part the, is I actually I really could see it too with like yeah. the makeup and like her just like going off like doing the bad guy thing like that could actually really work. Yeah, yeah but the no. networks will probably cast Queen Latifah. You know how it works. Wow, I mean no. she's the equalizer. She's, she's busy. She's yeah, busy. but she gets a lot of roles. I'd like to yeah. see Monique. I, I am All in right. with that. All right, I, Wait, if we'll I, let her get here. Yeah. Sorry, what were, what were you saying, Eric? No, I was just saying, uh, we, I think we do a letter-writing campaign now, the way they got Weezer to do uh, uh, Africa by Toto. I think we we make this happen. Oh, you were responsible for that. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, You blessed the reins. You mean their, their note-for-note recreation that sounds exactly like the original song? Their karaoke uh, album, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, I was going to share a picture of Monique, and then a pop-up ad got in the way, so yeah, I tried. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I tried. Okay, that's, that's really all I'm going to say. Swing and a miss. Yeah, uh, it's... Uh... I don't even I don't even know what these ads are, but uh, yeah. So that's an interesting point. I mean, look, this idea that we'll talk about Victor Timely in general, but this idea that Sylvie kind of pops back in to kill him because she wants to kill all of them, and nobody wants to hurt Monique. There she is, uh, and uh, I'll leave her up for a while so people be like, "Wait, why is she up there? Wait a minute, she should be a king." <laughs> Uh, but in any case, it definitely brings to a more philosophical question than maybe we usually get to on the show because it becomes the, you know, the time travel question of, do you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? You know, because you know what's going to happen in the future. So you like, you know, the potential of what this guy is. And I was surprised that Sylvie was able to be talked out of like, yeah, well, you know, he is a variant. He is a version of Kang. Uh, you know, it's like they all become Kang eventually. Uh, and then, so I'm very surprised actually that, uh, and, and honestly, I feel like it was a little inconsistent with the way we've been yep. given the character. But I think McDonald's has made her soft. Go ahead. I'll let you jump in, David. Don't forget, Christian, she's a variant who was punished her whole life for being a variant. And, there was a flashback to her as a kid, which 
is the girl from The Walking Dead, um, who plays Judy, Judith. Uh, I think she related to him saying, I'm a variant who can make my own choices and decisions, and right. my life is not pre-planned. And last week, Sylvie said, the future you know, it hasn't been written anymore. She made it a point to say, I changed the future by killing he who remains. Now not everything right. is written. And I think she, to stay consistent, she realizes it's not guaranteed he's going to be Kang the Conqueror, or for that matter, he who remains, that he may not grow up to, to destroy timelines because at this point, he may not be Kang. When, when they went to um, 1838, whatever it was, the, the, the original one, it said sacred timeline. But when they went to Chicago in 1893, it said branch timeline. So we don't know if that's a branch off the original Kang, if, right. if Kang was from the branch. We don't know. So I think she thinks there's hope for this guy, and I may be killing an innocent man. Um, you know, yeah. although I feel like she would have killed an innocent man just because it could have been Hitler. You know, well, like, yeah, you, you might. Yeah. So, right. Exactly. There's some justification for what she did, but it did did throw me that she didn't kill her or Renslayer because of plot armor, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess it comes into that. Uh, our pal Daniel Drew, uh, sort of what David's talking about. Uh, when Renslayer got to 1968, it was the sacred 18. timeline. Uh, yeah, yeah, 1868. It was a sacred timeline, but the moment she left the book, it became a branch timeline because when Loki and Mobius arrived, it was labeled a branch in 1893. Uh, yeah, that is a kind of an interesting way to look at it. Uh, Eric, let me circle back to you with this idea of Victor Timely and sort of Sylvie being faced with this idea of like, well, I said I was going to kill all of them and this is one of them, but uh, then ultimately not doing that. You know, th this version of, <clears throat> sorry, of Kang is fascinating because you do spend the whole time like, is this a put on? Like, is this, is he play acting this whole time? Like, half of me was waiting for him to sort of drop the stutter because he's already been established in this role as like a flim flam man, you know, snake yeah. oil salesman, basically. And so it would have been very much within that character to then drop this sort of shtick and all of a sudden it turns out oh no he's he's kaiser sozang us he's totally this badass I, one Spoiler. maybe issue i had with the storytelling <laughs> here though was that <laughs> sorry christian what was you saying something well he said he said david said spoiler when you said kaiser sozang so uh yeah. you know these people Don't still haven't that. seen that movie yet yeah <laughs> if you haven't seen certain films from 30 years ago uh, My sympathy is a little thin. You, I'm sorry. You you have kids in your house. You understand, you know. Yeah, not right now. Uh, and yeah, that's you, a great, uh, great point. Anyway, finish your thought. They, I'm sorry. They paid the yeah. ransom. So, uh, I I think like this idea of like I've got to kill them all. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. I the one concern I'm having is I feel like we're starting to go around that same lap, which I know is the point, you know. But I think dramatically at times it it starts to deflate a little bit because we've seen this argument played out multiple times. Even the way uh, Mobius was with, with Renslayer, I was a little confused because, I don't know, they seemed very congenial considering like they, they were trying to kill each other not that long ago. And I know he name checks it, but it was a little strange. I was like, at one point I'm like, was well, Renslayer, is this a variant? It's like, no, that's actually Renslayer. But it seems like maybe the drama from like previous season didn't quite get represented enough when they um, were, when, when they were reunited. Uh, so I, I do like this notion of like, well, what if this, this Kang timely is just an innocent, 
truly. And and I think that yeah. that gives us a lot of potential good drama, but it's starting to also feel a little familiar. Right. No. And I mean, you know, it asks a variation on the, you know, the, do you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? It's like, but this is, you know, it's a, if it's a variant of baby Hitler in a timeline where he becomes a painter and uh, Fidel Castro becomes a pitcher for the Yankees, you know, and uh, you know, all that these, all these dreams that people have. That makes sense. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it would, that it would happen in the same timeline. It absolutely makes sense. No, that so he played just, for the Yankees. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed that one. But uh, yeah, his brother would have been there too. In any case, I think that, uh, you know, it, it, it does ask questions and I guess it's a little deeper and I guess there's more to Sylvie than, than I thought. I, I thought she was just there to, you know, she jumped through that door ready to stab and she was stabbing somebody. Uh, as we talk about all this, Nate, what are your thoughts sort of on, you know, getting to see Victor timely. He clearly, I mean, unless it's like a really big reveal in a future episode, he, it really seems like he's not Kang and maybe he will never be Kang. Maybe he's going to be the good one out of all of them and maybe not killing him is a good idea. I feel like it's going to be a mistake. But uh, what, do, what do you think, Nate? Um, I, I have a couple theories. First, I want to say that I actually I think it's ex extremely consistent with Sylvie's character for her not to kill him because okay. she in the first episode and in the second episode, or no, I'm sorry, not in the first episode, in the second episode, she has that discussion with him twice about like, is it free will or is it predetermination? So if sure. she concedes that he's always going to be Kang and he, she has to kill him, then she would be conceding to the idea of predetermination. So in order for her to stay consistent, she has to give him the free will chance to change. I don't think he will, but for her character, it wouldn't have made sense for her to be like, no, actually I'm going to kill you uh, because you're going to become this person no matter what. It, it just would fly in the face of, you know, everything she said the episode before. Um, but specifically with Victor timely, I think it's interesting. I've seen a lot of people online make the comparison of like, Oh, it's like going back in time. Like, would you kill Hitler? But I think that's like, obviously an extremely like oversimplification because sure. Victor, like he, he's the the way that analogy would work is if Hitler then also built a time machine right before he died and sent someone back to early Germany when he was born and then gave him a copy of Mein Kampf and was like, here, take this, you know, and that shaped the rest of his life. So given what we know about the time loop and also about uh, he who remains specifically curating the sacred timeline where he is the only victor and there is no multiversal war. I think, I think what we're seeing is the beginning of the loop that we saw at the end of last season. I think Victor timely becomes he who remains. He doesn't, I don't think he becomes the conqueror or Immortus or any of the other <clears throat> Kangs, but I also think that he who remains exists because of he who remains. It's creating like this feedback loop. Like there's, there was, that's, I think that's the question that this, this season is going to answer is how we're going to get more to how the start of Kang, where he came from. Cause I, I just don't buy that. Like all Kang variants come from this one. That doesn't make sense to me. I, I think what makes more sense and a plot that is played out in the comics is that Kang sent a younger version of himself into the past so that he could then 
be there in the past with the tools of the future to help build himself a future towards the future that he's already in now. The, my head hurts when I talk about this stuff. But no, um, agreed. Agreed. It's definitely sort of like I don't know it, it, the inception level. You keep going down so many layers, and uh, you know when when you peel each one back, you're like, yeah. Well, at some point, is this a bad Kang? Uh, you know, or is this a guy named Victor Timely, who yes, is, is you know has the potential to somehow become that? But he's read the TVA and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I don't want to do any of that. I guess we'll see as he goes in. And just uh, to my earlier point, uh, Cammy Egan said, I was looking forward to seeing Jonathan Majors again, and he knocked it out of the park. His personal issues didn't uh, come to mind while I was watching it. And that's really why I asked that question. I was wondering if anybody thought about it. Um, and uh, somebody in the chat, and I don't know if it was just a theory, but uh, they felt like Victor Timely. And, and again, I don't know if it, I'm, I'm we have a very active chat today, so I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, somebody had uh, said that he he has sort of like a, I guess the the hair was sort of like a, a Frederick Douglass uh, sort of look that I. I think oh yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that that's very clearly sort of the inspiration for that look, and obviously because of the era that he's in, he looks so different than you know any of the other uh, variants, the other versions that uh, we've seen of him. So uh, I think it uh, you know sort of the. The mission of the episode where we're having Mobius and Loki, uh, you know, I thought uh, OB has really become the, hey, I just want to remind everybody, we're all going to die, remember? Okay, but yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but we're all going to die. All right, I guess we should do something about that, shouldn't we? What, do you want to have more pie? No, we should we should really do something about it. And we, uh, we, Christian, we could make yeah. a drinking game out of how many times they said the word loom. Oh, Yeah. They're, like at some point, I'm like, all right, I get it. It's about the loom. Can we like? By the way, uh, as as we have a moment, uh, Eric, how many of your six chicken McNuggets have you had at this point? By the way, uh, gonna... they you haven't had any? No, no, I've I've been talking. I've been listening. Okay, been, that that I've, says they're all gone. Sound, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the way you, he you hated like, that <laughs> sound of the sound of opening. The, I don't know. No, it's it the color. That wow. Would you, oh, what? Would it, it looks Why like sweet and sour green? sauce. It is. Yeah, it should it's be green. Like Loki. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree. It should be green. It That's Miss Minutes Orange. <laughs> I don't want to think about how cold those chicken nuggets are now. I reheated you go, them after. Are they good enough that you go back in time? Great, that's again. a great point. That's a great point, Nate. I did reheat them right before the show. And I'm sorry. What would you say, David? Thank God. Oh, I asked Connor if they're good enough that you'd go back in time and eat them again and start a chicken nuggets loop. I don't have to. I got more. <laughs> oh, got more oh nice. Sauce. What does it nice. taste like, that sauce? Honestly, it just tastes like sweet and sour sauce. Like, oh. you would get a band-aid Although, stress or Not much anywhere. in the way of sweet or sour. It's more Marketing of Marketing is just so efficient. But, I mean, it's yeah. like Loki, though. Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's bad. He's mm. So, Eric, mm. I, I, now I need to ask, how much did you spend on eBay to get the... How many sauces did you get? Because you gave me four. You gave me five. I don't know. You gave me four or five. How it many... Might, how much did you spend on Yeah, it's like a... Like a Buck and change per sauce, but I think that was worth it. And all I hope I had to there's do no was, like injected poison. I mean, I'll. I mean, I almost. It'll be better for. It'll be better for the show. Our next five hours yeah. to see if we survive to see six p.m. Yeah, that's the real question. Well, but if Connor freezes from the poison, we won't know if it's the bad Wi-Fi again 
or the poison. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not in Atlanta. I'm, uh, yeah, back he's, in he's back in Burbank. Well, he was able to drive by my house, yeah. so he's. he's hey, back hey, Christian, in you you mentioned uh, OB, yeah, right. He was featured last night a little bit in in when they opened the book. It reminds us he wrote the TVA wrote the manual, yeah, yeah. and so he who remains didn't write it, which makes me believe that OB is more than he appears to be. Much like Miss Minutes, he may have created the TVA. He may have created. He remain. There's more to what's going on because he who remains is reading what Obi wrote and learning from Obi. Sorry, sorry, David. I mean, jump in you. Yeah, no, no, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, but we were talking. I think last time. I think I don't know. I was. I was sort of. Uh, I was like Loki in episode one. I was in. I was out. But uh, you know, I think the casting too, like getting a recent Oscar winner uh, to play this role, makes you think that yeah, there's probably something interesting about him in those last few episodes because otherwise it is a variation of what we've seen this actor play before so i, yeah. I agree david it feels well, like there's something there that they're waiting yeah. to pop the cork on his fun silly absent-minded you know very affable like i like everybody uh yeah i think that there could definitely be a big reveal what, and, what if uh, he created the the loom problem and is telling people only he who remains can fix it because Just he to, wants he wants uh, him brought back there, and that's his that's his scam. That's and true. Far, you know. So, but what if there thing. is no problem with? You that's know, what I'm saying. What if he's he's made this up, out. right? And he just wants Victor Timely brought you know to the TVA because that's what that's what happened the last time because he knows the loop. Yeah. Well, uh, I I think that uh, that's a that's a great character, even though this was not an OB heavy episode. Uh, Michael, do you feel like that could be a reveal that uh, he OB the character hates this show as much as you do? So he wants to kill everyone in it and then it'll be the OB show next year. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a good possibility we don't really understand him at all. Uh, I think it seems like. Everyone kind of depends on him, but he doesn't really have friends. It seems kind of like he's like a tool, not like a person. And that might get to someone who's constantly eating their tail. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, initially I thought he was going to be like Milton from Office Space with the red stapler. You know, he's going to be like sort of that kind of a foil. But I, I think that uh, he's I think he has it all figured out. He always knows who everybody is when they come in. He just sort of plays it off like, oh, yeah, I forget, you know. Um, but uh, I, I think that uh, there's a lot to be said. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Eric? Sort of uh, OB, could there be a big reveal? And, and, you know, I said last week I would make this point. We're now halfway through the season. We've had three episodes. So what do you think we might get from OB in the second half, especially the fact that next episode can start with, well, you wanted he who remains or a version of him back here at the TVA and now you're getting them. I, I think it's also, I just hope it goes there because yeah. I, I, you know, love the actor, uh, love the energy he brings. Those scenes are starting to get really redundant. So oh. I'm just hoping there is something else to him. And I, uh, Dave, I think your, uh, your theory is, is, is very smart. Like create a fake problem to bring in a solution which is actually going to create the biggest problem of all that makes sense it actually tracks dramatically like the choices made um why he would have himself in a basement for i don't know a millennia 
that part would be, a, I'd be interested to see the explanation behind that. But um, beyond that, it, it does feel like the shtick's going to get very old soon if they don't change it up in some capacity. As funny as it is, as as great as he is, it needs something in these back three episodes or else, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, OB's going <laughs> to wear it as well quick. Well, our uh, our friend in the chat, Ivan Soto, seems insistent that OB is an evil, and uh, that could be a feeling. But uh, what are your thoughts on all of this, Nate? Uh, you know, I, I think that my response to Ivan is that <clears throat> we don't know that for sure, and that's kind of why we're asking the question, you know, is he or isn't he? Uh, what are your thoughts on OB, Nate? Yeah, I mean, last week um... – I was talking about how I felt like he has he has to be more important than just like a sticky comic comedic relief, you know. Oh, I remember that guy from the movie and Indiana Jones. Um, specifically, his name being Ouroboros has to have very significant impact. Um, but my right now, my tinfoil hat theory, uh, especially after this last episode, is that Ouroboros uh, Ob is actually like uh, an AI, like a sentient AI, like Miss Minutes, who received a body. Um, and Whoa, his okay. whole purpose is to maintain the loop of he who remains of like that. That's why his name is Ouroboros is he he's there handling technology, keeping the loom intact so that the the cycle keeps continuing to happen over and over and over again, um, especially with like Miss Minutes did not say that you couldn't figure out how to make me a body. She just said you never would make me a body. Um, so I think that might be significant in that in the future, he absolutely had the ability to do that, but because of how vital Miss Minutes was to him, the time spent, how she knows all of his secrets, he's like, I'm not, I cannot do, I'm not going to let you, you know, be sentient in a physical body and do whatever you want. Like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, we know he, he doesn't, doesn't partner like well. Exactly. But OB wouldn't be more of a partner as much as a tool within the establishment that is the TVA itself that kind of helps to keep perpetuate that uh, circular motion. Um, so I, I expect that we will get a lot of him next episode. Um, I am very excited to see the interaction between him and Victor timely. I think that will be yeah. very telling of how he responds to that. Uh, Cause uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like OB is the only one at the TVA who hasn't regularly had his memory wiped. Uh, Cause he like remembers uh, Mobius when Mobius comes down there, but Mobius like, I have no idea who you are. Um, so I think that he might go, oh, it's the boss man. And everyone's going to be like, what? And, right. and then, you know, chaos will ensue. Yeah, I mean, that was the the scene in the first episode of this season where, you know, Mobius is trying to kind of play it off like, oh, yeah, I remember that what happened. And he clearly doesn't remember any of it. And uh, yeah, so I think that uh, early on in episode four, we're going to get the the feel for how well. OB remembers him and we'll also find out what Miss Minutes secret is about uh, Renslayer. Uh, this was uh, a little bit earlier uh, in the chat. Craig Robinson thought it was interesting that Loki outed Victor Timely as a con artist. Was it all a lie because the book told him everything to do? Uh, you know, when you get into sort of, you know, circular time travel logic like that, it's uh, well, I can definitely give you a headache as as you start to you know try to figure it all out uh, and think about what's going on. Um, and uh, Farad Muhammad had a comment. 
and uh, I decided I will share it. <laughs> if this was just a few months prior, I'm sure Lizzo would have been the Kang variant, but uh, she's making some bad headlines herself. So we're we're Team Monique here. Farad yeah. Muhammad, don't come into our show and uh, try and take away, take down Monique, all right? I love this idea. I want this idea. And uh, I'm uh, going to say, oh, and uh, Kame, let's not forget our friend Brad. Maybe Brad can open the temporal womb. Yeah, I think Brad can do pretty much everything, you know. So Just can't uh, open the box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything else. Uh, anyway, I love I love seeing everybody in the chat, and uh, I found, you know, look, um, my wife and I we watch this uh, show together uh, after the kids go to bed. So even though it's like about nine thirty p.m. Pacific time, it uh, even when we're enjoying it, sometimes we fall asleep during anything. And this was one of those episodes. Last week, she fell asleep in the middle. I was like, ah, it's all right. You'll get in the recap. This one, I was just like, you're going to have to watch the second half of the show again. Because there was so much that actually started happening, really moving the story along. Uh, because they know they're halfway through the season. And um, doing a good job in helping me forget about Secret Invasion. Uh, honestly. Uh, having a story that I care about. Characters that I'm interested in. I'm not speaking for you, Michael. I'm just saying for me personally. Uh, characters that I care about. A story that I want to see where it's going. And this is very consequential because uh, this, you know, Kang is going to be a future threat. Nothing that we've gotten revealed on any of the Marvel Studios release schedule. But we know it's all coming. Uh, so I'm very interested in seeing and where it plays out. And uh, I, I want each of you to kind of share your thoughts as to, you know, where we might go next week and where that might bring us through the, the season uh, and uh, any thoughts that you have. Uh, Michael, I feel like I'm going best for last. So I'm going <clears> to <throat> start with Nate and work. We'll go counterclockwise. Uh, so, so Nate's Nate, the worst for last. No, that's not, okay. Oh. You know what, David, no, you're right. No, that's, no, no. Every, it's, a, it's, Eric it's, go a, first. it's it's a three way tie amongst the rest <laughs> of you. Uh, and, and Michael is the best and uh, I, I don't get a vote. Um, Ghost 83, 86. I love you. I'm so glad you're a fan of me. And uh, even when you've gotten mad at some of my other co-hosts, Ghost 8386, I like you so much that I'm not even going to comment on your comment that's on the screen. I enjoyed Secret Invasion. We'll just move on from that. Ghost 8386, I'm always a fan. Also a fan of Nate Miller, who uh, David pointed out that uh, I, I set you up uh, improperly. Also one of the best <laughs> is uh, Nate. Where, where do you think this is going to go? Is there anything, you know, sort of, you know, you're talking about your tinfoil hat theory. Is there any like, oh, it would be really cool if they did this, but it, it's never going to happen. Is there any thoughts you have like that, Nate? Um, I mean, I'm really enjoying the pace so far. So I'm hoping that next week we get a big exposition dump, either like from Ouroboros about uh, the TVA or something more specifically about like Kang, I'm assuming that we will get something about Ravona and her interactions with Kang coming from uh, uh, Miss Minutes. Um, I really want I want more to more kind of understanding on the sacred timeline and like and like them specifically pointing out to us that the sacred timeline before had Victor Timely in it, but it wasn't until he got the TVA book that it branched off to the branch timeline that they're on now. Um, so I, I think more clarification on that would be great. 
Uh, but I, I really want more exposition dump in this next episode so that the following two episodes after that can be more of like action and doing things. I want more Loki doing magic and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And and I, I don't know. I mean, my gut would tell me that there would not be plans for a Loki season three, but I guess we'll see. I feel like this series is going to end setting up whatever our next Kang related movie appearance is. And uh, I'm going to ask you the same question, uh, David, but let me bring in this uh, comment from Daniel Drew. He who remains is kind of the most good version of Kang. And I think that uh, that's consistent with the way he was portrayed in season one. Uh, in the comics, Immortus is kind of that neutral version of Kang. And there may, he may be one of the, there may be other Kang. There are other Kang. Somebody in the chat mentioned uh, uh, Iron Lad. There's a few other characters. There's, a, I think the Druid is one of them. So there's there's definitely variations in where this can go. So maybe this is going to be sort of a reveal of maybe this isn't a Kang. This is a Mortis, you know, or, you know, somebody else. Uh, so I guess uh, we will see. But uh, David, your thoughts on where you think we're going next week and where the show might take us uh, throughout the end of the season in episode six. Okay. Well, I think... For to answer what was just said, I think he's he who remains because he who remains put Ravona up to creating he who remains because he's he who remains. He wants to he's he's creating himself. What I'd like to see is explain to me who put the book in his hands the first time. Was it Ob's idea to put the book in his hands? Was it as what Nate said? Because in in the comics, Kang is from the future and he's a descendant of Reed Richards, right? And when, when He Who Remains showed the multiversal war, he showed scientists, right, an animation, a claymation, and he, they figured out the multiverse. Victor Timely didn't figure out the multiverse yet, right? I feel like Kang is a future character. All his tech is from the future, and I do agree they put a kid in the past for the reason Nate said, based on the comics, and maybe OB gave him the book, maybe He Who Remains knew to give him the book, but I don't believe that he was born naturally in that time period. So I want to I want to know how that started. How did the loop start? But also, the episode ended on a cliffhanger that we haven't mentioned yet. Miss Minutes said to Ravona, "I know something about you, but it's going to make you very angry." So is she a yeah. variant in this world in the MCU? I know who she is in the comics, but you know I don't know what what's going to make her angry. That she was married to Kang at some point, like, you know. Or that she's a variant and she had her mind or wiped it, and she's... or it, Yeah, or is she a variant of Kang? You know, I mean, Sylvie is a variant of Loki, you know, so... Right, or is she a variant of Ravona, or yeah. she's just, she's nobody and she's, she's not Ravona and she, she didn't, uh, maybe they implanted the memories that she worked with He Who Remains and she's nobody. But I, I'm very curious to see that reveal. Is well, what's going to make her angry? Yeah, no, and I, I think uh, that will be the sort of that reveal and seeing what happens when Victor Timely walks in to the TVA will be interesting. And uh, I'm going to ask you the same question, Eric, but uh, this important thought from Kami Egan first. I thought Sylvie was in the episode just to be there, but what did her manager say when she left work early? Uh, you know, I think that's a really important question. Uh, but question. judging from the manager when we've seen him, I think she gets to take as many breaks. He's as like she wants. twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She doesn't have to punch out her time card. Like she's on the clock this whole time when she's deciding whether or not to kill uh, Victor Timely. She's and she can time travel, so she could just go right back to when she left. 
That's, that's what I was point. thinking. <laughs> hey, Richard, yeah. Uh, am I allowed to plug a different podcaster that had a theory on the McDonald's manager? You, you or should absolutely. I just tell you the theory? You could tell. You could say no, no, because because the, then it'll it look like you're trying to pass it off. No, uh, no, I wouldn't say it is my theory. I, was so it? Well, Ryan let's put it this Ari, way: I, it, depending on what the answer is to this question, was it John Melendez? No. Then yes, you can say whatever you want. Okay. If if I remember correctly, oh God, it was either New Rock Stars or Screen Crush. I apologize. But one of them had a theory, and they laid out a lot of evidence that the manager in the McDonald's is more yeah. is more is Mobius. That he's oh, from the he's same part of the version of Mobius. younger version I, of, of him. Uh, out yeah. Whenever whenever they're in the scene together, they're both on the left side of the screen. He turns his back when Mobius walks into McDonald's. That he doesn't see his face. Like they, they, they gave like eleven reasons why that's probably like him as a kid. Um, and I found that fascinating and how he loves pie, how much he loved the food when he got to the McDonald's. Um, and it made sense that that kid. Wow. And so what he said was, because they did this in, um, was it uh, Indiana Jones? When wa- young, was it Joaquin Phoenix who played him as a kid? River Phoenix, one of the River Phoenixes. Phoenix. Yeah. And he had to, he had to whip himself to put the scar on himself to match camera, Harrison yeah. Ford's. Well, yeah. um, you know, what's his name? Uh, Mobius's nose is broken. Sure is. And, and so if they show this kid breaking his nose at some point in the series, because he's been in a bunch of episodes for just a kid in the background, then That's you'll know point. it's Mobius as a kid. I, I, lo- I, I love stuff steal like this, but a lot of times Why? it's like, right? you know, an article like this will pop up like, I don't know, on your like memories on social media a year from now. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, that was fun. But boy, that, never, that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. And, I, and by the way, I just want to make the point. I think everybody likes uh, the pie from McDonald's. I mean. Most importantly, do they have a place to ride jet skis there? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Eric, Connor, where do you think uh, we're we're going next week and throughout the rest of the season? I think this idea that Timely is going to potentially, you know, get turned into a Kang, a He Who Remains, whatever it may be. The recent Flash uh, (laughs) movie, which I know Christian and I like, I like More it. Than... Okay, so three, oh. uh, three of five. Like Something you liked? Stuff? Yeah, I liked it. You would like wow. that movie. I know because everyone else <laughs> hates it. I love. No, it. I, did, I, I didn't hate it, but uh, I don't. I don't want to veer off uh, and, and right. talk Flash right now. What, what, no, but but the the point I was getting to is the idea of you know what turns Flash potentially into a reverse Flash, like how how time takes like a idyllic uh you know character and is able to make them evil and i think that's that kind of stuff could be really interesting because there is a sense unless again it's a put on that timely is kind of pure even if he is a flim flam man even if he's lying through his teeth about a lot of his inventions the truth is like he he has a vision for something greater and watching that that guy get corrupted uh, by the forces around him, be it OB or Miss Minutes, whoever it is, I think that could be really interesting and dramatic. And as we know, Jonathan Majors as an actor can pull that off. I, when you watch him in this, it's sorry to circle back, but when you had asked before about how do you feel knowing you know he's currently on trial, I, I, I think if he was a lesser actor, Disney would have already let him go. I think they have such high hopes on him and they've seen how good he can be that they're like letting it ride. Cause let's be honest. And, and it's an unfortunate truth. A lot of actors have immediately gotten canceled. Sometimes Howard. 
Well, well, sometimes when the, the, the truth hasn't necessarily come out yet. So, you know, and I'm, this is not about being anti or pro or anything. It's just sometimes like actors have sort of gotten the brunt of, uh, you know, no, no burden of proof. They just immediately were let go. And, and so it, it is interesting seeing Disney's really trying to let the justice system do its thing. And I think it's just because they know they needed an actor like this to to really kind of get Marvel back yeah. on track. And and to circle back to Terrence Howard, obviously everyone was afraid that he understood math better than the rest of the world. I've, yeah. I've heard that clip. Obviously, he is a, a singular intellect that the rest of us can't measure up to. And I think it had more to do with that. Uh, and, and, and I know how you feel about Don Cheadle, uh, Michael. But, Michael, other than the fact that maybe you hope that each of the next three episodes is you know, under 12 minutes, more hair flips. Where do you think, where do you think it's going? I mean, look, you, this show is going to serve the bigger picture of the MCU. It's going to set up some Kang stuff that's coming. So where, where do you think is going to happen? Uh, And, you know, if you want to throw in, oh, I hope Loki gets, you know, sucked out into space through that (laughs) airlock from the first episode. And then, you know, it's really just other characters and then they all die one by one. You know, any thoughts that you have, please share them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that Sylvie will be pruned from the timeline. I think we won't see her anymore after this show. You you could definitely be right. Absolutely. That's a good point. I think that that will maybe solidify Loki as like like his belief system or whatever choosing to be good or bad or whatever may happen i assume he wouldn't go back to being a bad boy but uh i don't know you never know with this uh i kind of got these vibes that maybe rinslayer is king's daughter because she's kind of like attracted to him but Miss Minutes is like, no, you're not going to like this. I don't know. Um, I like that theory David mentioned about Mobius being <laughs> McDonald's manager. Um, I really don't have a lot for where this is going. Just little things. Right. Well, no, I think uh, that can be the uh, the interesting thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, sort of asking the question about Victor Timely, who he is and all that, uh, Daniel Drew does remind us from season one. In fact, we, I believe, saw this in one of the recaps. He who remains does say to Sylvie, I'll see you soon. So he could very well know, like, oh, yeah, you're going to show up to Victor Timely and not kill me or, you know, something like that. So... Uh, yeah, I think it uh, it all lends to the question of where's it going? What are we going to get? It's not as good as the question of what does this uh, McDonald's pumpkin pie taste like? But I'm going to answer that in a moment. Um, <laughs> Eric, did you already have did you already have a McDonald's pumpkin pie, or was this just for me? Uh, that might have happened. <laughs> I neither confirm nor did I. You know, I didn't I didn't see one in your car, so was it? It had already been eaten. Yeah. No, no, no. I gave it a home a little bit later. I, 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 a home. A home. It, 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 it's loved. It's feeling love right now. It's, it's My stomach, weird. on the other hand, is not feeling love. Uh oh. It's feeling oh, hate. 
Yeah, but we we regret <laughs> we, we took the kids to McDonald's last night. Let's just say there's someone in my house who was like, "Oh, this was a mistake." Uh, it wasn't me. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, but I mean, obviously, here I am about to eat a, uh, a an apple pie that looks like a you know Seven Eleven burrito. Well, it does. Yeah. Oh, it's delightful. It's just like the apple pie except pumpkin. Anyway, <laughs> probably not one I should have taken the bite. So um, we'll be back next week. And important, uh, I got a couple programming notes. The first is I put this episode, uh, you know, we're, this show's always on Geekscape now. But what I found when we were doing, actually David was there, we were doing our Ahsoka show, was that there were people that didn't know, even though I, I tried to make the big push, make sure everybody knew that Marvel Movie Talk had moved over to Geekscape. So I put it on the Blackcast channel for this episode just to remind everybody that it's there. But if you want to keep watching this show, you can even see the little scroll at the bottom of the screen. You have to subscribe at Geekscape TV. Go over to that channel. A lot of you are watching it there right now. Go ahead, subscribe. You'll get this show. You'll get a bunch of other great shows, uh, some of which uh, include me, including uh, uh, Geekscape Book Club, which we'll, uh, we'll promote next week. Uh, but there. so uh, if you want to keep watching the show, you need to subscribe to Geekscape. I'm so glad that uh, people were able to find it. And we're doing, uh, we will be back next Friday at the same time, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, to talk about Loki episode four. But we're also doing one of our uh, bonus shows in our old time slot, which will probably become our new time slot again, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do a, an X-Men theme show. And uh, if ever there's an excuse for me to talk about the work of Chris Claremont, I will always do it. And uh, I'm having on the author, uh, Andrew DeMond, who is actually a professor in Canada who got a grant to study the 16 years of X-Men that Chris Claremont wrote and uh, analyze it. We, there was a team of researchers. And that research, uh, I've been following his Twitter account for years, but he's finally collected it in this book that is called uh, The Claremont Run subverting gender in the x-men uh it's about a, an era where it was sort of a joke around marvel that chris claremont was always like with characters like well why can't it be a woman and that was kind of funny to everyone so uh strong female characters that we all love in the x-men uh obviously there were stronger characters but uh, jean gray is a perfect example michael there's you know i'm sure you've you've seen jean gray pre-1975 and it's really just thought bubbles of everyone else on the team, including Professor X, which is super creepy. Uh, everybody's in love with Jean Grey. And she's very passive. And then she turns into like the most powerful being in the galaxy. Girl even needs a whole planet. I mean, come on. You know? And then she, and they, and they retconned it then. And then she didn't eat the planet. Well... There's a there's my continuity which uh, ends uh, before. Yes, the I believe in X Men one thirty seven. Yes, one hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that that's my sacred timeline. Yes, the, the, the retcon, run. the X Men one retcon was terrible. The whole yeah. cocoon thing, awful. She'll always be well, Phoenix. I'm with you. I've I've talked to uh, Chris Claremont about that. And, no, uh, it still rubs him the wrong way. <laughs> it should. He created a masterpiece. He's not too happy about it, but. Uh, he also, uh, yeah, also some of his dialogue was inserted into the Fantastic Four issue that John Byrne wrote, uh, which led to John Byrne uh, quitting the Fantastic Four. So really, it's fascinating comic book drama. And this is a very interesting book. Uh, it um, it makes me feel smart reading it because it's, um, 
like a, I don't know, it's like an educational publication. I forget the University of Texas Press put this out. So we'll be talking about it. You don't have to read the book, but I encourage at least following at the Claremont run on Twitter X, if you will. And uh, we'll have a fun conversation with Andrew, but then we'll be back on Friday. Uh, but uh, both of those episodes you'll find on Geekscape. So that's the important thing there. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, but for everyone else, uh, Nate, where can people find you and uh, see if you have any other tinfoil theories that you might want to share with them? <laughs> uh, you can find me at Dog Like Nate on Twitter, Instagram, and most social medias. Uh, but do not come to me with any time travel questions because I've already filled my allotment of thinking about time travel for the next three months. No, but my, my point on time travel, it's always the lesson I think that we all learned in Endgame is that uh, Back to the Future is bullshit. David Brody, where, as I always like to ask you, if somebody's like, boy, if only I could get uh, some Brooklyn boys take on what's going on in the world, if only there was a place I could hear that. Where would they be able to find that, David? Uh, you would search The Brooklyn Boys on all platforms where you get your podcasts. Uh, today's episode that we just released, I think it's 273. We debated the uh, the relative realness of haunted houses in Savannah, Georgia. My co-host oh. believed the $100 he spent was well spent, and I, I quite the contrary, disagreed with him. Uh, so he spent like $100 kind of on on what he believed was an actual haunted house. He spent 200 because he paid for his girlfriend as well. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. I'm so I rip be... him the way a true Brooklyn boy would. And also yeah. you can find me in front of my television set this week trying to figure out what Michael Shirley will like. Loki episode four. Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think we'll all be uh, trying yeah. to uh, figure that out. Uh, Eric Connor, where do we find you? Other than other than at the McDonald's at uh, Olive and uh, Verdugo and Burbank, <laughs> and lurking around the corners of eBay for more uh, Loki themed sauce, uh, I'm regretting this choice now. I have to admit, but oh, it was no. worth it. it. We'll see how I do tomorrow. Uh, but yes, I am. You can catch up with David Brody's least favorite member of Marvel Movie Talk at Count Eric Connor uh, <laughs> over on Facebook and Instagram. And Michael Shirley, uh, America's sweetheart. Where, where <laughs> do we, where do we go for you to bring a ray of sunshine into our lives? Oh, my Instagram stories are pretty good, and I hate Michael Shirley. Uh, also, you can find me on Twitter or wait X at Michael X Shirley. Thank you, crew. <laughs> Uh, and always, I am at Christian DMZ on Twitter slash X slash Instagram. Yep. Threads still there. I keep getting no. notices that new people are following me on threads. And I'm like, Ooh. okay, uh, enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be looking for that content, but thanks for following me on threads. And uh, on my personal podcast, The Blackcast, I did a uh, fun episode uh, yesterday, which you can find on the YouTube channel over there. Uh, it was uh, with a gentleman known as Carlos Danger in the Dabbleverse, uh, which uh, if you Google that name, you know why it's a, it's a great uh, nom de plume, as it were. Uh, in the interest of Halloween, we analyzed Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, not the 1974 Toby Hooper classic. The uh, 2022 Netflix version of Texas Chainsaw oh. Massacre that was about influencers or celebrity chefs or some shit. I watched it and I still don't know. Uh, so we talk about that, Carlos and I. We have a, a fun chat, so you can find that there. 
Um, but please, you'll see us back here next Friday, but then also uh, make sure you join us next Wednesday at, a, at our special time uh, for our Claremont run conversation. And of course, who are these broadcasters on the Who Are These Podcasts Network? Uh, that This week, it'll be Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, trying to back away from some of the heat of shows streaming in, a, in our usual time slot. So we'll see how that goes. But again, just follow me at Christian DMZ. You'll find out everything that you need to know. Cam Egan, can't wait to, for my interview with Jeff Keith, the lead singer of Tesla. I knew I liked you. Yeah, I recorded that the other day, and that's uh, going to stream next week. Thank you, Cam Egan, for helping me promote yet another thing. That's all the time we have for now, but as great Stan Lee would say, Excelsior! Excelsior. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.